Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom. And thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, which is a new tech startup company building platform and community here in Orange County that I have the pleasure of being a part of. If you are looking for help with your startup or you're looking for opportunities to work with the next generation of high growth companies here or want to be part of the Orange County startup community, you can find out more at OC4V.com. I am happy to have Hisham Saman on Accelerate OC today. And before we get to hear from him and his entrepreneurial and investment stories, as I'm sure he will have many, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's currently the president of the Orange County chapter of Tech Coast Angels, which is one of the largest affiliated groups of angel investors in the country. And so we'll talk uh, a fair bit about TCA today. We've had a little bit on prior episodes, but we really get to hear from the leader, the grand pooba of uh, currently of of Tech Coast Angels here, and uh, they've been busy and and have a lot of interesting news to share as well. Uh, prior to that, he was the CEO of a company called Quick Start Intelligence, which was an e-learning company focused on primarily IT related skills and and helping people build and, and supplement those. Uh, he led it through several phases of rapid growth and also was involved in many M&A transactions around it. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about those experiences. He's also been a general manager, senior executive, a senior advisor to other CEOs and management teams, uh, also advised private equity in a number of cases, and sits on a number of private company boards. So he's really seen companies, company building, and activity from a number of different levels, which probably serves him very well in his investing and uh, evaluating potential investments. He's really respected in the business community for having really strong vision, ability to create value, and also understand you know what, what and when to buy and, and when to sell. And he successfully exited a number of businesses. And so he... He has worked in a number of industries in the technology space, obviously education, as I talked about his e-learning business, as well as real estate, and has been featured in, and spoken at a number of industry events over the years. And he's also a, a local product of the, our education system. We were just talking off the air how this is a great, great education system here. He uh, got his MBA from UC Irvine, uh, and also I believe uh, undergrad from Cal State Long Beach. And he's very active with UCI as well as a number of other local business groups. Hisham, it's great to have you here today. Great. Thanks. Great to be here. Yes. So let's get to the starting line. As I teased, uh, you're the, currently the president of Tech Coast Angels. So just orient the audience a little bit to uh, who TCA is and kind of primary activities of the organization. Sure. So Tech Coast Angels is one of the largest and oldest angel groups. Angel groups are essentially uh, accredited investors. Tech Coast Angels probably comprises of three main 
groups, I think, that, that, that make up our membership. Uh, you've got the business people that are retired mm-hmm. and are looking to stay engaged in the community and, and businesses. You've got the uh, senior executives that want to know what's going on, what's, um, what's hot, what's trending, and uh, what the entrepreneurs are, are creating and building. And then you've got uh, successful, whether they're previous entrepreneurs or uh, senior executives that are looking at transitioning and trying to help and support the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So you guys have, I think as I recall, you have five chapters in Southern California. Correct. And people from the investment side, they sign up to become a member. And then what is your... What's sort of the, I guess, the benefits or the the process from a a member standpoint? We have over 400 members across Mm -hmm. the uh, five chapters. Uh, Orange County is one of the largest, a little over 100. Mm -hmm. And, you know, angel investing, there's um, a lot of details to it from, you know, terms and contracts to uh, networking and uh, finding the right resources to help your investments. Mm -hmm. And so angel groups try to structure uh, that and provide more streamlined deal flow, more streamlined diligence and documentation. And one of the biggest benefits is just the social aspect, the networking, Mm -hmm. uh, getting access to uh, the 400 plus members and their skill sets to help yourself, help the companies that you're helping, and overall help you learn and and educate yourself and your portfolio companies. Mm Makes sense. So I am an entrepreneur, and I think that I have a company that would be interesting to angel investors, or particularly Tech Coast Angels. What what is my best approach for determining if that's true or not today? Okay. So I'll tell you first the simple approach. The simple approach is go to techcoastangels.com. There's a application process. And all applications are reviewed, uh, and they're all responded to, and you'll get feedback and and input. Mm -hmm. Uh, My recommended process is see if your network has some Tech Coast Angel members Mm -hmm. uh, and start with them because they might save you uh, some some time in how you structure your application, but probably more importantly, share with you some of the nuances of what the membership might be looking for. Mm-hmm. So you might modify your application pitch or timing to coincide with what uh, what might work best. That's, so you just you, you just alluded to uh, you said what the membership might be looking for. Mm-hmm. Can you give some general? buckets or categories that you think the the group tends to gravitate to and you know, and partly I'm I'm saying that because I at least in my experience people often like to invest in what they know or what mm-hmm. they understand at least to some extent already so um yeah so I'll start yeah. with what I personally look for and then mm-hmm. what I kind of see from the the general membership uh for myself I'd like to see that another member in the group that has subject matter expertise, likes it and believes in it. Mm -hmm. If it's in a field that I have subject matter expertise, then I've got to believe in the business model Mm -hmm. and I'm able to dissect that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's one. And then the three key buckets I look for when I'm evaluating a company is, does it have the right team? Mm -hmm. 
is the timing right? So are they, you know, facing headwinds or tailwinds? And are the terms right? Hmm. So if I like the team, I like the space, and and I think they could do well, now have they structured their deal terms to where, you know, I, I can get a good return. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my investor hat. Uh, for the rest of the membership, we see multiple reasons why people invest. Uh, some people invest because they clicked with the business or the entrepreneur, and they want to help them mm-hmm. uh, get it off the mm-hmm. ground. Uh, other times, they'll invest because they have, uh, similar to what I mentioned, they have a group of friends that are in that space that they'll share the opportunity with, and they'll get some good feedback, and, mm-hmm. and they'll invest. Uh, other times, and, and I'll touch on this a little later, uh, they like what they see, but they are they don't know enough about it mm-hmm. uh, to invest. And that's where you know something like our chapter fund that that we're now launching uh, helps helps them diversify and and invest, but mm-hmm. it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think that they mainly invest in areas that they know well, and I don't find that that's necessarily the case. Sure. They tend to invest in companies that they feel comfortable with. Now that might be in industries they know, mm-hmm. or it might be in industries that a good friend of theirs knows. Sure. But at the end of the day, they need to get comfortable because it's hard to know enough about any business within the short period of time that we're we're sure. talking to them and diligence, diligencing right. them. Well, and it seems like that's that's a big reason why uh, a lot of the proverbial uh, advice in angel investing is to have a broad portfolio because of exactly what you said. It's hard to, to know enough about any one and so having a more methodical but broad process you know a, a mutual friend of ours who has in the dozens and dozens of investments um it's it's proved to provide a pretty good uh return and mm-hmm. and yet you still end up having a lot of ones that don't work out and you know for me it's been tough going too far outside of the quote unquote areas that I know i mean if you think about this area in particular there's a lot of really compelling medical device, uh, biotech, biopharma startups. And I, I look at those on the surface and go, this is awesome. They this, look great. This needs to exist in the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yep. I, I barely know anything about the Why wouldn't this take off? It solves right. the problem. Exactly. I mean, quality of life improvement or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it just that I know myself enough to go. This terrifies me, mm-hmm. and so I need to find either that that friend that I can just draft behind, or or. But but I think it, that sort of speaks to some extent to the challenge that I feel like we have a little bit here in Orange County and that we were talking about off the air. So let's go let's go a little deeper. If if everyone has that same reaction that I just did, of like, well, I don't, you know, I made my living. I grew up in retail. You know that that's an old old world business in many respects, and. You know, if I made my living in in something that's been largely the same for a long, long time, how how do we make it easier for other people to embrace investing into the innovation economy that we so desperately need more people here participating in? Well, that's precisely why I think groups like Tech Coast Angels uh, are so valuable. Mm-hmm. So we have maybe about a quarter uh, of our membership are from the medical space. Mm-hmm. So when we see a company that sounds great, we usually turn 
to those yeah. individuals yes. and ask what they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they don't uh, happen to be at that meeting, we'll reach out to them and say, mm-hmm. we, we saw this company. We like what they had to offer. It sounds great. What do you think? And it's amazing the insight they, mm-hmm. uh, they'll have from the complexity of the regulation process to other competing uh, solutions that might not even be visible when you're looking at the competitive landscape. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the value comes for the individual member is to be able to look across the room at individuals that much closer expertise in that field uh, to help guide uh, kind of the thought process. And going back to something I mentioned earlier, that's advice I would definitely uh, recommend entrepreneurs take is try to build evangelists and champions, specifically within Tech Coast Angels, if you're looking to come through Tech, Tech Coast mm-hmm. Angels, that might be viewed as a, uh expert in that yeah. field. If you don't want me touting your uh, next cardiovascular stint, I can tell you very confidently. Of well, that. but if but if you had our cardiovascular surgeon, That's right. right, that has spent some time with you, mm-hmm. so they can speak to your character, mm-hmm. they can speak to the progress and your ability to execute, mm-hmm. and they help bring you to the group. Huge amount of momentum that that brings. Sure. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. So, will you guys, if let's say. You meet somebody, um, we'll, we'll stay on the medical example um, just for, for reference here. If you meet them and you go, I, I kind of like this person. They seem to have some of the early indicators of, of potentially the, the passion, commitment to, to go through this. Will you try to get them introduced to somebody who, who could be that champion so that they have a better chance maybe to, to go through Absolutely. And uh, I think it goes two ways. So at the uh, event that we were both at recently, mm-hmm. uh, I was on the panel and one one of the suggestions I made to the entrepreneurs in the room is treat your engagements, uh, your connections with your potential investors, almost like a dating or you're looking for, for your you know spouse. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it matters. Yes. Um, and a lot of times I see entrepreneurs almost disregard your yes. background, your expertise, or even your style and continually, you know, push for their company's, you know, pitch and their, their investment mm-hmm. request. And to me, that doesn't make sense. What you want is investors that understand the business, mm-hmm. understand you, believe mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely would connect them with the right person. If I felt they had those right characteristics sure. and they had something, if I had people within my network, some of my best friends are doctors mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. engineers, I might stay my, involved myself sure. if I've got the resources to help. If I don't, I'll usually share that with them and try to connect them with the right resource. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's a big piece of advice that I hope uh, the entrepreneurs listening take, and that is, don't don't keep trying to pitch and sell to someone that is telling you they don't have a That's lot right. of value to add. That's right. Uh, take the advice and find the person that can, because that'll resonate a lot more when that person speaks to uh, like-minded investors. Uh, I could could not agree more. I mean, the other the other reality, and, and you know this for sure, Sham, is when I meet an entrepreneur and they have investors who maybe or or they're talking to investors who maybe don't have deep expertise 
I, it, it might completely undermine how I look at it because I, I you know, I, uh, to me, that doesn't necessarily validate that they're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it can be a disservice. So that that's one of the reasons why I tend to focus on things that I have experience in is that you know, one of my other, you were talking about your, your filter system. I mean, one of the ones that, that I use pretty heavily as I get through, do I really like the, the founder or team? And um, do I think this is the right market is do I have some ability to add value uh, or create unfair value advantage. or advantage, which usually means I have to have something, uh, some sort of relevance or, or related experience in it. And it, it's so hard to compete out there that I feel like I, I need to put put my resources against things that I feel like I can help affect well, outcomes on. And I don't think all angel investors, and I don't think we, we probably want them all, orienting that way but but i know when i get involved in a company you know for example i've been involved in several fintech companies but i've done two very large startups in in that space and i know a lot of people and and i can be helpful and i know that by getting involved or being an advisor that that may actually help them i think you bring up a really important point that i didn't touch on and that is most angel investors they chose angel investing for a reason Mm -hmm. They could have just invested in a, right. in a fund, right. in a passive fund. Right. They could have just invested in the stock market. Mm-hmm. They could have had financial advisors manage their money. Uh, and a lot of them have those things. Sure. But they've set aside funds for them to be actively engaged. Mm-hmm. And most of them are a lot like you, if not exactly like you, meaning the value they get out of angel investing is their ability to contribute additional value beyond their money. Mm-hmm. If you just need funding, I would say that doesn't necessarily, you know, get the check boxes uh, mm-hmm. for most of the angel investors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want to see that as angel investors, we can give you money and we can give you support and connections and resources and expertise and that you're the type of entrepreneur that wants that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if they see that you're not coachable and you're not looking for that added value, it's probably not that appealing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a great point. And yeah, I think unfortunately for a lot of people here as entrepreneurs, they maybe don't have great options if they're just looking for money. And you know, one of the things I, I say a lot is if all you're looking for is money and you think you've got it all figured out, that's sort of my first filter of, of you're probably not the, the right entrepreneur for me to to work with. Because in my experience... It takes a lot more than capital to build great companies. Well, beyond that, I think a lot of times it doesn't take capital or doesn't take as much capital mm-hmm. uh, to accomplish a lot of the things that a company needs or an mm-hmm. investor wants to see. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes uh, an area that I spend a lot of time working with entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, asking them why the raise? Mm-hmm. Why this amount? Mm-hmm. Do you really need it? Do you really want it? Uh, do you want all the um, consequences that come with it? Um, I think a lot of times it's a status. If you don't raise funds and successfully raise funds, then you're not a real uh, startup or not a real you know kind of growth company. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that needs to be questions a lot, questioned a lot of times. For sure. I mean, it's a really expensive money, and so I I totally totally agree with that. Uh, I think unfortunately our 
financial system has abandoned the the early small business funding. Although um, you know, I'm seeing uh, in in my office as an example, we're we're seeing a lot of companies go through the small business innovation research grant process, which is another alternative and non-dilutive way to to raise capital. Uh, so there are creative ways or or customers obviously in revenue being a, the ideal one when you you can make that happen um, but i do feel like we do have some gaps in our financial system um, and we even see it i mean the venture story uh it, i had a, a guest on last week who uh, is up in the bay area and, and was talking you know the the venture dollars are in the hands of fewer and fewer firms and you're seeing fewer companies get funded but getting more capital and uh, it, you know, it just feels like maybe the, the idea that that you know uh, fewer companies should get this capital, yet it's probably easier in many respects to start companies than it's ever been. There's a there's a contradiction in there. Or there's a conflict in there that we're we're probably not talking enough about. Yeah, and I definitely think there's gaps. Um, but from my perspective, the biggest gap is the organization and structure. So if you break it down by segment, Mm -hmm. there's usually enough or plenty of pieces of the ecosystem, incubators, Mm -hmm. accelerators, VC firms that are coming down uh, in size, angel groups, Mm -hmm. uh, angel investors on their own, government uh, funds and grants. But I think specifically in Orange County, we could do a much better job of structuring and organizing the Mm -hmm. ecosystem to make it more appealing Mm -hmm. um, and less risky for a lot of these different organizations to participate, which ultimately would get more members involved, Mm -hmm. more activity, and prop up the entire economy. Yeah, I I totally agree. And you you, you skipped... Right to one of the, the the key questions, which is, you know, what are the things that, that we can do better here? And you know, we were talking out there. I've I've said in several uh, even prior shows that I, I've said for a long time. I think there's a big latent entrepreneur population here, and so when you talk about people perceiving things as risky, it, it's on many sides, right? Risky potentially as an investor. How, you know, I, I may have capital to contribute or invest into the community but i don't necessarily see all the support resources that will help de-risk or amplify my investment and ensure this company succeeds as a an entrepreneur i may not start because i don't see enough other starts getting attention getting notoriety or stories of success that i can point to and say oh i can i can be like that right so I, I always part of the reason why Accelerate OC exists is to try to highlight some of those mm-hmm. those great successes. So there's uh, I couldn't agree more. We and and I think we we're seeing better collaboration amongst I was just gonna say, than we probably ever have. But we're in we the still process. have a lot of work to do. Yes, we're in the process. That's right. uh, your show, uh, other uh, ecosystem uh, communities and newsletters, mm-hmm. um, events. Mm-hmm. We we just both attended different groups. VCs, family funds, angel groups collaborating more together, mm-hmm. uh, universities creating you know, programs in schools to help drive it. So I think Orange County's on the cusp of yes. 
really building that structure and that organization that we so desperately need. And you know, I, t- I take a lot of pride in being a part of that and trying mm-hmm. to help drive that because uh, I think if we're successful, Orange County will not only be a great place to live and raise a family, but it'll also be a great place to build a business and to hire talent and to grow. That's right. Yeah, I, I, and I think you know one of the things I, I say often here in my mission is really for my kids. Uh, and I, I want them to choose to come back here and build their life because they see a dynamic economy that is oriented toward the future and not stuck in in a, a past or, or you know stuck in the doldrums and and we've seen this play out in other markets around the the country and in some cases they've had to have a severe dip to get there and I think the the positive that I have a lot of hope for is that people here we're we're in a good place here in Orange County I mean probably the best place in the world to live but but even from an economy we're in a good good place if we can act now before things get bad, we, we may be able to just make it through to the other side. And there's a strong entrepreneurial spirit that runs through this county for the history of of it. And so somehow tapping into that and, and re-energizing it is, is probably key to this whole thing, too. Absolutely agree. I think with a lot of things that have been kicked off in the last five to ten years only, mm-hmm. I think the next five to ten years, I believe, are going to start to show a lot more of that structure and organization that mm-hmm. I'm referring to which over the following five to 10 years is really going to show, I think, a change Mm -hmm. in uh, the ecosystem in Orange County. Uh, And I'm excited to uh, be a part of it, and I'm excited to see what that brings. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Techos Angels in particular. Love love stories. So give me a good success story of a a company that Techos Angels got involved with and and had a great outcome. Sure. Uh, So last year was actually... uh, a fairly banner year for us. Mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, over six exits uh, with uh, teens and up multiples, That's awesome. uh, and all in that. So explain year. just for the audience what what that would mean. From let's say it was a teen multiple. Yeah, what? sure. So if uh, as an investor you invested a thousand dollars in a company, mm-hmm. teens would mean you got you know thirteen. Uh, plus returns. That's, uh, a lot of those were 20 plus. That's amazing. Uh, returns. Yeah. So, which on an annualized return basis is significant for those of you who are uh, listening at home. Absolutely. And one of the ones where I, I kind of like the cleanness uh, of this story, uh, parcel pending. Yes. And Lori's been a guest on here. Yeah. So, and and yes. Lori's great. She's uh, great. I kicked myself because Lori presented to the group, I think within the first couple of months that I joined Tech Coast mm-hmm. Angels. And um, I looked at the uh, presentation. Gosh, I really like Lori. I like the business, mm-hmm. but I don't know what I'm doing yet. Sure. So I missed yeah, getting your getting. I your missed bearings. that opportunity. But <laughs> um, but what I like about that story is she was able to generate interest and excitement from a couple of key members mm-hmm. that really dove into the business, were able to champion it, raised enough funds where they didn't need to raise subsequent funds, mm-hmm. really tapped into the network and the resources of the angel members uh, from Tech Coast Angels that were on the board. Uh, and I believe they were very instrumental in uh, helping the company kind of accelerate mm-hmm. the growth. And without raising any subsequent rounds, they were able to, within four years, 
have a uh, nice substantial exit. And what makes it even better is that the company's still operating mm-hmm. in essentially its same form and growing in Orange County as part of a larger organization mm-hmm. internationally. Mm-hmm. So that one's kind of a, a real neat story. It's it's more recent and it's a shorter window. You don't always see that. Yes. Well, I think the the highlight, just to draw a little more attention there, is the fact that she raised that round of capital and it was significant but not astronomical and then put a great business plan in place that was capital efficient enough that she wasn't uh didn't have to go raise more which leads to dilution or distraction or who knows what she didn't make it just about raising the subsequent rounds and and you know a lot of times it feels like that's the symbol Mm -hmm. uh you know get to the series a and okay. series b but i i always hesitate you know when, when friends or others that i know raise significant rounds of capital i always pause you know i often want to give them a attaboy congratulations but in some respects i know the other side of it is the the uh the burden now or the pressure now or the constant uh, fundraising the yeah the amount of people you've now got to report to that's right um another sh- quick story um we had one of our most senior members on an air airplane flight sitting next to somebody who had a company in i think it was oklahoma Mm. was able to really interest them and they weren't pitching and they weren't Mm -hmm. fundraising Mm -hmm. but were able to interest them to the point where they suggested and we typically try to invest in orange county Mm -hmm. in southern california but they're able to interest them enough to uh suggest they Uh, present to the group we ended up making an investment and within 18 months 24 months the company exited Hmm. um, and it was a really small raise at a small valuation uh, in a part of the country that we would have never thought but Mm -hmm. you know if you make the most out of your encounters and uh, you excite and interest uh, the right people I think um, I think both the entrepreneur and the uh, investor and the ecosystem can benefit tremendously. Absolutely. So let's, let's flip it a little bit to you know, a more of a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about one that sort of came through with a tremendous amount of promise and didn't didn't work out as expected. And ideally, even there, you know, what what the group or what what folks learned from that. Yeah. So there's numerous, of uh, course, examples That's of those. The nature of this. Uh, yes. Most people don't know. Or maybe they do. Um, the majority of angel investments return zero, mm-hmm. uh, and so we've got more of those, unfortunately, than uh, than the ones that do. Uh, but uh, one example was a, and I was personally an investor in this, a company that created a vitamin C gum. Hmm. It ended up being a gum that was tasty enough where my kids would ask for it. Mm-hmm. And f- from my perspective, it made a lot of sense. If you're going to chew gum, why, why not, not get some vitamins? Yeah. Why not chew some right. some gum that uh, give you some benefits? Um, what, what I didn't know and what we didn't do enough diligence on is the process of taking it to market. Mm. And the... Uh, operators of the business, the leadership of the business, were passionate, were smart, were medical oriented, mm-hmm. but not retail 
consumer uh, products, consumer yes. products mm-hmm. uh, experts. And what we found is it's very easy to burn through a lot of cash in the consumer product space mm-hmm. and not end up with much uh, of a growing profitable business. Mm-hmm. And so while we got into hundreds of CVS uh, and Rite Aid stores, the more we got into, the more cash it required. Mm. And it was educational in the fact that you have to pay for shelf space, mm-hmm. you have to pay for the inventory. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one example. Another example that and we... And does s- that, in, 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 because this is the other, uh, I guess, w- what's the takeaway, right? Because the, the beauty of having this big group mm-hmm. is that you have a lot of perspectives, a lot of backgrounds and expertise, as, as you mentioned earlier. Does the group do retrospective sort of looking at, at these and then try to draw conclusions such as we shouldn't touch consumer products, which I hope isn't the, the actual conclusion, but it, it's a here's what we would do differently next time. or, or So something. we see that at pretty much every screening. Mm-hmm. When a company presents, um, some of the more senior members will share you know, war stories mm-hmm. of similar type companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that example, we simply ran out of cash. Sure. And it required so many rounds, subsequent rounds, that people mm-hmm. just got drained. Sure. They said, we don't see the, the end. Uh, Which is the sometimes the, the risk of an angel-heavy investment group is is that. I mean, and that, that's well documented out there that, that if you are going to need subsequent capital, sometimes you can't tap the early angels for that especially repeatedly yes uh without showing some tremendous progress so that was one example another example that we see are um uh, partnerships that aren't structured in a way where it's equitable equitable or perceived to be equitable Mm -hmm. by the key uh key men and women in the organization Mm -hmm. Uh, so these are all kind of lessons you learn and you try to incorporate in the next diligence process but uh, we had one company where um, it's a great product, great solution. Fortunately, we were able to help them navigate it. But essentially, soon after closing, those strains started to show mm. uh, that you know the person who felt maybe they were contributing the most value didn't have the structure for them where they felt they were being rewarded properly. Mm-hmm. And so you want to dive into the team, especially the key yes. personnel, and make sure that they're excited and happy about the the opportunity, the transaction, the structure, uh, and the vision. Yes. Uh, but I can go on and on about uh, lessons learned. Uh, I think specifically for an entrepreneur, one of the key le- lessons that we're seeing right now that is making fundraising a little bit more challenging is because they're seeing so much maybe interest and excitement in the market mm-hmm. in general or maybe from stories and raises, we tend to see a lot of um, entrepreneurs come in with what could be a great company, a great product, um, but their expectations are so high mm. uh, on the terms. Priced well, for perfection, as I say sometimes. Yeah. So going back to what I mentioned at the start of the show, strong team, strong timing, uh, but the terms just aren't attractive. And then we find that they end up spending a lot of time fundraising. Mm-hmm. Uh, to find somebody who will support those terms. Correct. And my, my recommendation there is, you know, if you find the right type of organization or, or person, you might want to adjust your expectations mm-hmm. 
and focus more on what you need to execute the business as opposed to getting the least amount of dilution possible. Yes. You focus too much on that and get the valuation too high, you, st- you end up spending most of your time on the wrong things. I, I could not agree more. So how, let's just, let's just uh, let's talk about that a little more in that, how do you think about um, we as investors helping educate? Is there, there is this, I, I call it return on effort uh, element in that you have limited time and, and um, there are perceptions out there that, uh, you know, if I have to educate an angel or angel group about what I'm doing, that that's going to take all this time. And then I, 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 my return on effort is low. How are you guys, and, and I have some of my own thoughts, but how are you guys trying to attack that of, hey, if we can get to reasonable terms, we'll act really fast to try to get you back reoriented on the things that are going to create the value? Because raising money on its own doesn't create value for the business. Correct. Um, so how, how do you think about that? Well, first off, you should come in within a reasonable range. Otherwise, it, it right. turns off the investor mm-hmm. or the group to where it's not even of interest. Mm-hmm. It's it's Think of it like house shopping. If you go see a house that you love and you see the price point at double your, your budget, mm-hmm. you don't bother trying to negotiate mm-hmm. because it's just out of reach. But if it's... 10, 20, 30% over, you might still look at it and dive in a little deeper and then try to negotiate. So first, try to be reasonable. And what we're trying to do is educate entrepreneurs and educate other angels Mm -hmm. about how these valuations impact returns, but also probably more importantly for the entrepreneur, how it impacts future raises. Or, yeah, at least optionality, right? Because... Yeah, we, we talk. I talk a lot with entrepreneurs about that. That you, you know, how do you how do you grow into this value, and is there enough capital and time to do so? Which that's not gonna. You don't ever want to have to go do a yeah, down round. Correct. Like all those things impact you down the line. Yeah, and and that's what we're seeing in a lot of the deals that we're seeing now uh, are companies that raised at a high valuation mm-hmm. just six months ago. Ones we may have passed on. Mm-hmm. And they've come back to us and have made progress in the business and are wanting to raise at even a higher valuation because they have to. They mm. feel like... Uh, well, they think they have to. They think they have to, correct. And it's a bitter pill to swallow to come back. Uh, and we'll tell them the same thing we told them the first time around. We love the business. We love the opportunity. But we've got to make it more realistic for us to be interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... That's a hard uh, thing for them to hear and for them to go back to their investors that they did convince to invest at the higher valuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of them don't understand that if it's not priced right, uh, it oftentimes creates more headache and potentially company-ending headaches down the line when everyone's kind of reluctant to, uh, to touch uh, the opportunity because uh, it's, it's got some some corners of it that are going to be ruffled um, mm-hmm. if, if you try to approach it. Sure. Well, thank you. So, Hisham, uh, a couple more minutes. I'm getting the, the time sign here from Paul, so I, uh, I'll i resist it a little because I, I definitely have a lot more I'd love to talk to you about, and we may have to continue this in a future episode. So I had uh, mentioned a little bit off the air. There's a, you know, a group here called CEO Leadership Alliance of Orange County that's come together and it is is really represented now by some of the biggest companies here, and they're trying to be part of the solution to how do we start to create more 
high wage, high paying innovation jobs. And I think you and I know that a lot of the jobs are going to come from these newer companies that we're trying to support getting off the ground. How do you think we can do a better job including the corporations in this early capital, early support of startups, which may not always be capital? And you mentioned some senior executives that are part of Tech Coast Angels. How do we maybe get them and get their to get their companies involved and not just themselves as individuals. So, just a, a couple thoughts there, but uh, sure. I would love your, you know, would love your your thoughts on on that topic. First of all, I love uh, that uh, purpose of that group uh, and uh, and what you're uh, what you're doing and your involvement there. I think that's one of the pieces that are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having the large corporations and enterprises that are in Orange County more actively involved mm-hmm. in the startup ecosystem, I think does a, creates a tremendous amount of value for them. Mm-hmm. It also creates the uh, perception of reduced risk for the investor yes. and reduced risk for the entrepreneur, which I think is, is key and critical. When you're in a field and industry that might be tangential or complementary to a large enterprise in, in the area, and they've expressed interest or have been involved and have shared some of the input and feedback on what they like and what they don't like about the business, that starts to paint a clearer picture for the entrepreneur what they need to do. It also starts to paint a clearer picture for the investor Mm -hmm. uh, on where the opportunities are. And it's that kind of industry expertise that helps uh, provide the validity and reduces the risk. So I'd like to see a lot more involvement. Uh, and, and I've been working with a few companies in their venture arms, mm-hmm. and I see just positives from getting more engagement. There. Yes, totally agree. That's, that's great. Well, final lap here, Hisham. One of the things I always ask my guests is to leave sort of a you know, lesson learned or a piece of advice with my listeners from their journey. And so as you think about you're, you're touching a lot of early entrepreneurs here on a day-to-day basis. What, what advice would you have for those that, that you haven't met or, or that are thinking about starting a company or, or are in, in the throes of it here in Orange County? The biggest advice I could give, and I repeat this to just about anybody that I talk to that asks me for, for advice on the whole kind of building a company, fundraising, just kind of any aspect, is enjoy and love the process. Mm-hmm. And to enjoy and love the process, surround yourself with people that you enjoy being around and that see the vision and that you really you know, click with and can see yourself spending more time, whether it's an investor, whether it's uh, teammates and founders that you bring on board. Life is too short. Mm-hmm. In a startup, you spend more time typically working in your startup than you spend at home or anywhere else. That's right. Uh, And so make sure you're doing it in a way that is enjoyable, that you're building the people around you that you enjoy being with, they enjoy being with with you. And it makes the whole process much more enjoyable uh, and much more rewarding and ultimately much more successful. That's great great advice. And I think not enough time and attention is, is spent talking about about that um, because you know we get I think at times we get desperate we get uh, urgent and and sort of look for for anyone with a, with a pulse who, who can validate or, mm-hmm. or uh, feel like they might be additive in, in some way so so Hisham thank you so much for joining me today on Accelerate OC and sharing you know, great wisdom some great stories 
And for being such a key contributor here, as you said, you know, angel investors do this for a reason. They have a purpose. They they want to. I mean, it's called angel for a reason. It's it is well intended. It is uh, meant to to try to be helpful to entrepreneurs and to, to new businesses. So thank you for for validating and and reminding us that that is uh, really the role that that you and your group play and for helping to accelerate the Orange County startup community because this is something that we we know we need to continue to grow in the coming years. Absolutely. And thank you for for doing what you do. Appreciate it. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together.